0: Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, personal trainer and nap connoisseur, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week was part two of why should you exercise even if you hate it. And this week, I had all intentions of discussing how exercise influences your metabolism, but As sometimes happens when you're doing research, I fell down a rabbit hole from last week and got stuck on this topic. So I'm going to share this with you because I thought it was fascinating. Last week, I mentioned that the body was able to talk to the different, each cell was able to talk to other cells in some way to tell you whether you were active or whether you were inactive, because inactive people were more likely to be sick and maybe even die prematurely because if you were inactive, you weren't being a productive part of that society, and so you were removed from the gene pool. Well, while I was doing research this time, I found out exactly how that happens and was quite fascinated by it, so I'm going to share it with you. As early as 1961, scientists thought that the body was able to talk to each other. The muscles were able to produce something that says, hey, we're active, we're, we're vibrant, we're doing things. It took until 2003 before they found the group of hormones that were produced by exercising muscles. Now, a hormone is just a chemical that's produced in one part of a body that acts on another part of the body. But it used to be thought that only the endocrine system can do that. So when they found out that the muscle system, well, actually they found out in the past that fat was also an endocrine organ, it could produce things that said, hey, you've got a lot of fat, you're not really healthy, you should slow down your muscle production, you should slow down this, you should, et cetera, et cetera. So fat was a negative endocrine producer. Well, now they found out the muscle system is a positive endocrine producer. However, like I was said, that was 2003. We've only known about this for about 20 years. So the research on it is somewhat limited, but it's somewhat fascinating too. Now, how much exercise do you need to do for these to get them after about 30 minutes of exercise, of mild exercise, the concentrations of these hormones become detectable. Now, the more vigorous the exercise, the more of them are going to be produced and the faster that they are going to be produced. And they act on a tremendous number of different things. Let's start with body composition, how much muscle you have, how much fat you have. That There's a chemical myostatin And what it does is it tells you you don't need all that muscle because muscle is biologically active. It takes more and we'll talk about this soon because this is what the topic was originally for, which is how I stumbled on this, it takes more energy to support a pound of muscle than it does to support a pound of fat. So your body is naturally lazy, and it says, hey, if you're not going to do anything, you don't need all this muscle, so we're going to produce this chemical that says, hey, just don't grow muscle. And for the muscle that's there, eh, just calm yourself. Don't do any metabolism because you're not doing anything anyway. Now, when you start to exercise, it inhibits the production of the myosin, myostatin, sorry. So as you are exercising, it tells you that you're going to produce more. It also produces IL-6. When IL-6 is produced during exercise, it tells you, hey, you are active. You need to grow more muscle, and the muscle that's there, hey, you need to amp it up, baby. You need to burn more fuel. It releases more fat into the bloodstream, which is uh, taken in by the muscle. It increases the fat oxidation and it increases insulin sensitivity and glucose oxidation. These two things together help eliminate type two diabetes and obesity. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing how you've got this quick turnaround just by starting to do some exercise. In addition to that, there are some of the exercise hormones that tell your body, hey, you need to make more capillaries here, and the capillaries are how the blood gets to the cells, and so it wraps these cells with capillaries so that you can get more oxygen and you can get more food so you can do even more calories burned. The next thing on body composition is your fat. Exercise produces three different hormones that stimulate the release of fat from the fat cells into the bloodstream. Once it's in the bloodstream, then it can be burned. They also stimulate the burning of the fat. So it helps you to get rid of some of your excess adipose tissue or some of your excess fat. Now, there's two kinds of fat. There's the bad fat. The bad fat is called white fat. It's very inert. It's very inactive. And there's brown fat. Brown fat is very active. It's just about as active as muscle. So it burns more calories. You also release two different kinds of hormones that tell your white fat that it needs to become brown fat. And the brown fat, Starts to burn more calories also. So it's a cascading effect. It's a, an upward spiral of getting rid of some of the extra adipose tissue or some of the extra fat. When we talk about muscles and fat, the next obvious thing to talk about is your bone health. Now, we all know that bone health is improved by exercise. And it's pretty much been accepted that what happens is, as you're exercising, you make little injuries in the bone and your body goes back and fixes those little injuries in the bone. And when it does that, it makes the bone back stronger. But what has been found through this is that there are three hormones that are produced by exercise that stimulates bone growth and it causes the bones to grow back healthier mineral density. So you've got higher bone mineral density and good crystallization of the bone and new healthy bone. And going on with the old way that it was thought of, there's one that is released that stimulates the growth of Uh, or the repair of damaged bone. So not only do you grow new healthy bone, but where you've got those little bitty micro fractures from your strenuous exercise, it stimulates the repair of that type of bone. So regardless of your age, if you are concerned about your bone mineral density, if you've got osteoporosis or osteopenia, then you need to be exercising because that is going to tell your body to build more and stronger bones. Well, when I say more, I doesn't mean actually new bones where you don't need a bone, I mean, just stronger bones. The next thing to cover is inflammation. Your chronic inflammation is one of the worst things going on now. We have different foods and different things that cause our body to be chronically inflamed, and it causes all kinds of diseases from Alzheimer's to type 2 diabetes. And so if we can reduce chronic inflammation, we are, and you hear about all kinds of anti-inflammatory diets and things like that. Now, it's kind of a weird uh, juxtaposition here. Exercises causes muscle damage whenever you do it. And so it causes the muscle to become inflamed. And the muscle inflammation is part of what causes the delayed onset muscle soreness you know, when you hurt the next day after exercising. However, because of this inflammation and your body knows that you don't want to have full body inflammation, it also produces anti-inflammatories to protect the rest of the body from being damaged by the inflammation from the muscles. So the inflammation in Acute inflammation is a good thing. You sprain your ankle, it swells up, that's inflammation. It's doing that to get all the healing agents into that ankle. So you've got to get the healing agents into the muscle. So when you get the healing agents to the muscle, it heals, but you don't want the inflammation in the rest of the body, so you have the anti-inflammatories. So while exercising produces localized inflammation in the muscle, it produces overall anti-inflammatory and kind of along the same lines because inflammation and immune response have often been tied together. You have two things that uh, exercise produces two hormones that reduce your inflammation, I just said, but it also produces two hormones that increase your immune response and make you less susceptible to disease. So if you exercise, it's going to improve your immunity. And with improving your immunity... Some of those uh, things that increase your immunity also activate your natural killer cells. And those killer cells can locate cancer cells and eliminate them. So it reduces, that's the mechanism for how it reduces your chance of cancer. And some of these uh, hormones actually cause the cancer cells to just implode, just to kill themselves. So that's another way that it reduces your chance of cancer. So if you start exercising and continue exercising and you get in your 30 minutes a day that they recommend that you get, this is going to produce all of these different hormones from your muscles and have all these positive effects on your body. And that will make your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.